Thank you for downloading and happiness with Kitty Newman and Claudia Mitura. Each week we take a topic through the alphabet and if you haven't listened to any of our previous episodes yet, please go through and listen to A all the way through to I. And this week we are talking J for jokes. And happiness, of course. Our dare was to make as many people as possible laugh. So definitely very funny and entertaining there. But this is our 10th episode. (laughs) Exactly. So it is very special episode. Um, Kitty, do you want to explain why it's such a special episode? So this week we have a really amazing guest joining us. We have James Lance. James is an amazing comedy writer and actor and has been in some of the best comedies from Ab Fab, Alan Partridge. He was one of the lead roles in the book group. Do you remember that? Oh my God, I used to love book group when I was younger. And then more recently, it's been in film The Bookshop, which I know Claudia absolutely loved. And recently released new series from Apple called Ted Lasso which is about an American football coach coming to England Um, so you can stream that right now it's being released and we can't believe our luck getting James onto the show to talk about something he knows really well which is jokes I mean, Kitty, I think this is my first time talking with celebrity. (laughs) I literally, I literally feel my heart pumping. So hello, James, James Lance in the And Happiness house. Hello. Nice to be here. (laughs) Happy to be here. Oh, that's really great. I'm so happy that you said yes to coming and getting in on our little podcast. It's amazing. Thank you. Oh, thanks for asking me. This is episode 10. And so we wanted to have a big old celebration because it's been a joyous experience. So just to give you a run up, we've done acceptance, boundaries, courage, dreams, empathy, freedom, gratitude, habits, innovation. And this episode is about jokes. (laughs) <laughs> the most important of them all, I'd say. <laughs> Our dare was to make a smile or laugh as many people as possible. So it was definitely a funny dare. Did you take on the dare this week, James? I know when I emailed you, you were ba- basically saying, well, I'll um, pretty much smash this. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, the thing is, I... Um... I spend most of my time with with a two year old uh, who is um, who not he is my son, <laughs> not <just laughs> anyone. And so I've kind of turned into a children's entertainer uh, full time, and um, it's all about jokes, you know. It's just continual. So I'm kind of doing that most of the time. <laughs> yeah, entertaining a two year old, you have to be a high end entertainment, but a different sort of entertainment to what you're used to in your work life I imagine a different sort of approach yeah yeah this is a lot more uh, low budget like for instance um we've developed handy hello I'm handy and that's as simple as that it's if uh, listeners it's I've got it's a hand that's (laughs) talking 
And but Claudia is actually in hysterics <laughs> at it. So I think we're getting a level here. <laughs> so, yeah, everything talks at the moment. This is where, where we're at. So everything is everything can talk from my hand to, you know, the, the sofa to somebody, the wheel of someone's car. It's just and, insane at the minute. And I'm sure that for him, that's absolutely hilarious, right? Um, not always. <laughs> he's quite a tough crowd. But most of the time, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in my there, my other half said, you know what, you're kind of funny, but he said, you cannot really crack a good joke. And that really left me kind of like puzzling what about what is actually a good joke. I don't know if you can share any professional advice for people who want to entertain other people, but they're struggling with, you know, making a good joke. Well, I think the element of surprise is quite important. You know, like if you set it up and say, oh, this, this is amazing joke. And then as soon as you say that, it's like, oh, no, OK, everyone's just waiting. So I, I, I try to sort of um, ambush people with humour. I find, I find so you, when you don't expect it coming is probably the best. And I would say the other really important ingredient, what really makes people laugh is honesty. Oh, really? I think so. Well, not always. <laughs> not always. <laughs> it's not always the case. But I think it's got to have a level of honesty in, in there in order for you to actually, for it to resonate and you find it funny. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. In my day, I was trying quite hard to make people laugh. If I tried too hard, it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> but there was, were three times. One, I was wearing a boiler suit as a fashion statement and someone gave me a compliment. So then I pretended to be a mechanic. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just some physical clowning, being a mechanic. That sort of made him laugh. And how did that manifest? Were you miming with a spanner or? Yeah, I was like going around pretending to kick tires and. Um, That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then I made an actual joke. I phoned a friend of mine who is, we always have a laugh, and he congratulated us on the podcast. It called me a polymath. And I said that if I was a Pokemon, I wouldn't be a polymath. <laughs> I thought that was like an actual joke. Yeah, it's pretty good. What was your friend's reaction? Oh, hysterical laughing. You fulfilled it there then. And how was it for you, for you, Claudia? Yeah, as I said, for me, it was uh, usually my sense of humor is quite blunt and polished. And apparently uh, for British people, that's quite good because it's quite cynical. Um, but I was trying very hard, like for Kitty, as, like, as Kitty, as I was trying to maybe put it, do it a little bit too much. And I was really trying to crack a joke. And yeah, it was a bit like, mm, that was a cringy joke. They were like, no, no, this is just, just no good, Claudia. Like, just, just stop. <laughs> So have you been um, trained in how to write jokes? No, I haven't been trained in anything. So it's come to you naturally as a comedy writer, comedy performer. This is a natural hilarity within yeah, your Yeah, I feel soul. most comfortable um, sort of noodling around in, in comedy, for sure. I don't know why that is. I think initially it started off as a, as a child actually just wanting some attention. I, I, was, lo I was loved and, and, and adored as a, as a kid, but it wasn't enough. I wanted more. And so when I stepped onto the stage uh, at school and I think I tripped over, I was playing one of the brothers in Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. I think I was Reuben and uh, I think I tripped uh, as I came on and got a laugh and that was it that was it this okay I found my career we're on 
Element of surprise. Element of surprise, yeah. Honest. Honest. True. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we welcome, we welcome the accidents, I think, most of the time. The psychological research says that in order to make a good joke, you need to violate a certain norm or a rule of some kind. So there has to be an event and people have to be expecting one thing, but the joke breaks that expectation. Yes, absolutely. And also it just is sort of a build-up of pressure, isn't it? And then it's just quite a violent release of pressure. And, and often times the more violent the release uh, of the pressure, the funnier it is, I find. Violent is an interesting word in this context. I choose that on purpose because I, I think it actually is because there's something about the sabotage of... So say, for instance, you're in quite a serene setting or a serious setting, quite a grave setting then if you sabotage that, it is quite violent, really, on the atmosphere. And then it's actually just really funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you know for, I mean, I'm being really basic now, but for instance, if you were at uh, a wedding and someone said, is there anyone here who... Um... If any of these people should know of a reason that they should not be wed... Yes, then please say so now. And then you've got that moment of tension. That window there is perfect for anything that's that's other than silence right so if you were to literally i don't know just make even if you were just to make a noise like a, any bodily noise at that moment <laughs> would, would, it's quite sort of violent really in that in that space and it, yeah. could, it could be really funny <laughs> totally abrupt mm. i can give you an example actually i've just thought of something so i was in a, a film festival and they were showing apocalypse now and it was the redux so it was the, the, the new version with all this amazing stuff that he'd taken out, the director's cut. And there's a very famous line in it where Marlon Brando says, the horror, the horror, right? And this film had gone on for a very long time and everyone was hotly anticipated, really packed theatre. And it got to that sort of uh, iconic moment in the movie when it just, he goes, the horror, the horror. And then perfectly in time, someone just went... <laughs> and the whole place was just flawed and that's the only thing I could really remember about that amazing film <laughs> but that also shows you how jokes are such a social experience we have like other, we need to have other people around us to actually create that atmosphere and crack a good joke yes 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 definitely definitely I'm much much funnier when I'm on my own but um, no one else gets to see that so that's a shame if you make yourself laugh when no one's around to hear it did the tree really fall? <laughs> did the joke really get told? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> James, would you go through any process of setting up a good joke? Like how is, I don't know, is, do you have any certain creative process that you follow? How kind of the jokes get created? Uh, for me, it's sort of about context and circumstance. So when I do a bit of writing, I don't kind of think, right, I'm going to sit down and do a joke. I'm sort of going into the kind of trying to be as authentic to the situation as possible. And then out of that will come the humour. And normally it's something that's just really uh, inappropriate. And the more inappropriate... It is. The f often, I find, the funnier it is. Yeah, yeah. So again, that, I guess that comes to back to sort of honesty and surprise. But where is that line when the joke is inappropriate but still funny and we still find it hilarious? Or where is the line when it's inappropriate and we kind of almost like cringe? Like, mm, this is not a good joke. 
they are jokes like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, someone like Ricky Gervais is uh, kind of a master at that, isn't he? Mm. I guess that comes down, that just comes down to taste, doesn't it? Whether or not you think it's okay or not. I watched the documentary and there was all these comedians talking about humour. And at one point, someone said, is there anything you can't joke about? And lots of people gave lots of different answers. And then it came to Billy Connolly. And he said, as far as he was concerned, it's all about your intention. And as long as your intention is uh, is set in the right way, then you should be able to joke about anything. I love Billy Connolly. I think he's a master, beautiful man. And what type of benefit jokes bring in life to you, to your close ones? Well, I was thinking about that this a little bit this week because I, I'm generally kind of in the, you know, I wake up, most days reasonably jolly and reasonably in, with a sort of a sense of humor I think most of the time not all the time and when I'm interacting with people I think I'm gen generally looking for the joke and I was thinking well why is it I do that and I think it's a leveler it's like a it's an emotional leveler where you can just kind of connect with people and say you know we are we are sharing something here and so we're kind of the same it's it, I think it's really important socially and I use it most of the time I also think I hide behind it a little bit as well, but I also think I use humour to kind of to reach people and just connect with people. So it's, I think it's really, really mm. important. Because I have a quite interesting research in here when I start looking into sense of humour and jokes and why we're actually doing it. I mean, we have entire industry set up around jokes and entertainment. So it turns out that in 2003, the scientist called Rod Martin, he created a humour-style questionnaire, which is first scientifically validated a measure of humor. And he said that depending on the style of your humor, and he distinguished four specific styles, you're gaining four different benefits. So first of all, I think this is the humor you are mentioning. Um, it's called affiliative humor, which means mm -hmm. we cracking jokes and engaging in banters because we want to connect with other people. It's a way of communicating with other people for us. Then we have self-enhancing humor, which is more about coping humor. So we laughing at ourselves and absurdity of situations because we want to feel better as a result. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to cope with stress. Then we have aggressive humor, which is more about sarcasm and teasing and ridicule. And it's about we want to feel better about ourselves. So we're upset with something, but it's we're trying to uh -huh. protect our ourselves. And final one is self-defeating humor, which is attempting to get other people to like us by putting ourselves down. So we're making a jokes of their own expense. Any thoughts? I mean, I think I, I think I dip into all of those, but affiliative uh, is was probably the one I employ the most. I would say uh, self-deprecating. What was the last one? Self-defeating. Oh, self-defeating. Yeah, self-enhance. Yeah, self-enhancing was like I enhance myself because I'm make I'm kind of laughing at my situation, right? So you can something bad happens to you and you just crack a joke about it, um, and that that's self-enhancing. Whereas self-defeating is it's more about um, putting myself down. I'm making jokes at my own expense so other people like me. Yes, 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 yes. Kitty, which one do you think you kind of dip into? I definitely try and make friends through being funny 
like when it was being the mechanic it was like oh great someone's giving me some attention is it it's just trying to connect in some sort of silly way they haven't mentioned being a mechanic they've just given me a compliment but I've tried to make it into something silly you could say that maybe I felt a bit uncomfortable by the compliment and wanted to put myself down a bit maybe because I didn't feel comfortable with the compliment but actually I think it was just trying to make friends really yeah so that's social acceptance I definitely also like to use it when there is tension around and there is something bad happening and just like say a joke to kind of bring the tension down. So kind of try mm. to cope with stress. Mm. I think that's the one I use the most as well. Yeah, I think that's the one I'm not very good at because I don't feel very confident in those situations when it's like high stress and maybe like, oh, freeze up. But actually, I wish I could do that and relieve everybody's tension and just to have everyone relax and shake it off because oh thank god someone's been funny and now we can all just relax <laughs> i use that one really a lot as well actually if anything gets a little bit tense i'm instinctively looking for the joke to re to to pop that that tension to relieve the tension i'm doing that all the time i've done that to my detriment as well where i've sort of said a joke in a really tense moment and it and it, you know it's lost me work and it's lost me I don't know if it's lost me friends, but um, but yeah, it's because uh, it's powerful, and I think that's it's a powerful thing actually. Comedy, it really is, isn't it? It can re you can, like it can completely change the atmosphere in a room in a, in a set in a heartbeat. It's quite interesting that I love that about yeah. it. Yeah, I really love the build up that you can get. So another th another note that I took of my dare this week was my sister's just had a baby. Congratulations, lovely. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, well done, you. They don't prepare you for being an auntie, honestly. I had to call Claudia and be like, what do I do? I'm full of so many feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but I find my sister, me, me and my sister have a, a sense of humour that we just click into and her boyfriend's like, what are you even laughing about? So I had the baby making my own like poo-poo song up and my sister was laughing so much and I just kept going and going and going and I wouldn't stop. And sometimes there was like a dip in her laughter, but I knew, I knew it was going to come back. So I just kept singing this song and it was not a good, clever, funny song. But we just tapped into some ridiculousness of each other. I mean, she's also exhausted, so she probably was going to laugh at anything. But that doesn't seem to be based in much of the theory of it it's just ridiculousness of I don't know what that's about what's what's that one about where it's not got any substance to it but you've just connected to something that's a bit more like clowning I, I suppose maybe yeah and it's it's sort of fun for fun's sake isn't yeah. it and the further you take that I think the funnier it gets yeah quite often like you know the uh, comedian Stuart Lee yeah I mean, I just love how far he takes things now. It's just, I, I do think he's a comic genius. I've seen him so many times live. And, and I, I've been in audiences where they've, you can see people a bit divided with it. And I've literally not been able to breathe because I'm in, in hysterics at how far he's taken a joke, you know. I love that. I remember hearing a really funny joke. I read it once and I just loved it. it, it and it was someone talking about Will Ferrell and saying how funny he was. And he said they were at this party one time and then Will Ferrell was there and he just kind of disappeared or whatever. And then they're out sort of on the veranda of this house and then you could just sort of see these car headlights really slowly coming towards the house. And um, they could hear the music and it was always Phil Collins. I can hear it coming in the air tonight, <laughs> you know? 
and uh, just really slowly, just tr- pulling towards the house, and and um, and everyone was just like laughing away because they knew it was it was him. And then the, the 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 drums and all of that. Anyway, and then he disappears. But anyway, he just kept on doing it all night long. <laughs> and 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 the more he did it, the funnier it was. And that I love that kind of oh. thing. <laughs> getting more ridiculous and ridiculous but it also shows you how much the laughter is contagious isn't it like you know once someone starts laughing then as you said like it's like everyone starts laughing and you cannot almost stop it's that contagious yeah 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 absolutely I have to say, this day really did make me feel happy. As happy as the Gratitude Week. I think it's my other absolute favourite. Because I was, and I was really consciously trying to do it. I think I try and be funny anyway, because I, I think it's nice. And But actually thinking about proactively making people laugh was mm. really nice. And then, because I went out of my way to phone people that I knew I'd be able to make laugh, like our friend Dave. I just called him and we just had this really good half an hour, really funny chat. And I was like, yes, what a great use of time. It was not productive in any sense of having something at the end of it. But I was like, yeah, that is such, that was such a funny chat. And my sister making her laugh, I was like, oh, what a wonderful moment that was. It just made me feel really happy. Mm, yeah, it does make you feel good, doesn't it? I mean, there's nothing better than making someone laugh, I, I don't think, actually. I love it, I love it. Sometimes I'll think of a really, really old, I'll find a really old friend who I've not spoken to for literally years, call them up, and if they pick up, just just, just speak to them really normally. Be like, <laughs> Where are you, man? You're late. You know, <laughs> I love I love that. That's, that, that, That's It's great. a good icebreaker, that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice one. The other one I really love as well is if you've been hanging out um, with friends or whatever, and then at the end of at the end of it, just say um, as you, as you leave as you leave, <laughs> leave just shake their hand and say thanks so much. You've been a great help today. <laughs> it's really silly. But I like that one. Or sometimes my mum will um, like put put a cup of tea down. You know, something. I say, oh, I forgot you worked here. Thanks. You know, that I just like silly silly humour like that. <laughs> So there must be some actual benefits to making people laugh in terms of your actual... Your well-being, there must be. Yeah, so laughter, lots of benefits for happiness and for our well-being. First of all, it relaxes our whole body. It boosts our immune system. We have a nice shot of endorphins, so our uh, cells are happy and high. Help us with our heart right as well and our entire brain gets involved in a good laughter so yeah it's 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 amazing it's like our entire body just relaxes and gets this shot of positive happy hormones quite interestingly laughter is not learned it comes we programmed by our genes to laugh which is very interesting Uh, we somehow naturally know when to laugh at the right time without actually consciously knowing why we're doing it so that's i think quite fascinating lots of biology coming in there Definitely when I get sick, I like to watch a good comedy just to give myself immune, my immune system a good boost. So it could be prescribed. This has just reminded me of, um, you know, Nina Conti. She did oh, a yeah, documentary yeah, about clowning in hospitals. In, I think it was in France. 
And you saying there about how it relaxes, it boosts your immune system, prescribing comedy mm-hmm. or... I yeah, know. can you imagine going to the doctor and they say, okay, you have to drink water and take a Nurofen and then you need to have three hours a day of good comedy or good comedy stand-up. <laughs> That's what you need to do. It makes sense. At the time of recording... There is no live comedy. I wonder if hearing about how good it is for us to have a laugh, if there's a bigger concern (laughs) for the lack of live comedy, other than the performers themselves. If it's contagious laughter and how hearing other people laughing around you makes you laugh more. When I've been watching the live TV recently that's that's on Zoom, where they don't have a live audience in, and you're watching it from home and you'd normally laugh along, and they are doing their best and it's not a criticism at all, but I'm not laughing as anywhere near as much because that crowd and that audience that you hear encourages you to laugh and makes you feel a bit more comfortable to have a laugh at home. So if I'm on my own, I can sort of make myself laugh on my own, but not, not really. But I'll watch a TV show and have a laugh, but you don't have that at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's a shame, isn't it? I'm, I think I'm really missing a bit of that, to be honest with you. Um, I saw a friend the other day and uh, who really makes me laugh and it, and it was so, so good to just laugh with him. It was brilliant. It was, yeah, I do, I was thinking about it. I just feel so much better for having seen him the other day. That's funny. It's interesting. Mm. There is definitely studies that show that people are 30 times more likely to laugh in the presence of others than alone. So we do need other people to have ah, a good laugh. Yeah. And I've actually read that this is the reason why they, as Kitty already mentioned, why they added the laughs on the TV sitcoms. So you have laughs to kind of boost your laughter, so even if you're watching alone. Right, yeah. And I can say as like being on stage, um, when you have like a couple of big laughers in the audience, it just gets the crowd going for sure. And it's, it's yeah, it's really, it's really good. And people can be scared to laugh as well, actually, in crowds sometimes. Like sometimes... You can, yeah, when I've done comedies live and you can just, um, particularly if it's a play that I'm used to doing, then um, you can just get some nights that are really, really, really quiet. But then again, they say, you know, you can't hear a smile. And there's something about, uh, sometimes when I find something hilarious, like really hilarious, I sometimes go quite quiet uh, as an audience member because I sort of, end, I end up kind of studying it and just sort of, I don't know, looking at it for slightly slightly forensically and 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 but enjoying it just as much that's a tough job for a comic isn't it is that um you know a a death i wonder how what the difference is to receiving the comedy and and you know putting out the same show and having those laughs because i've listened to a lot of podcasts around i think the comedian's comedian probably most significantly where they talk about like the actual behind the scenes of how they're performing and writing and things uh-huh. and a death on stage for a comic sounds like the most painful thing i could no not the most painful thing i can imagine but <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awful and to go up again and to keep doing that and to keep putting yourself through this when you get the laughs that must be so amazing to make up for all of that potential death Mm. usually when I go to the stand-up comedy and I laugh so hard then I get picked on 
you know, like, oh, this person clearly enjoys my show. And then I get, you know, they start talking to me and I'm like, no, this is not why I was laughing so hard. I was actually enjoying myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Comedy is an interesting, a weird and wonderful thing, isn't it? Or as my friends say, comedy is a funny thing. Um, <laughs> but um, a, a strange and funny thing happened to me in comedy. So I was, on, I was on stage, I was playing Bertie Wooster in Jeeves and Wooster, and the show was going really, 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 really well, and there's lots of wordplay, and as Bertie, I was chatting away, blah, 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 blah. And someone in the audience um, did a big sneeze, and I just went, bless you, and then carried on sort of talking when I was talking. And it just got this like really lovely big laugh. And um, afterwards, my, the, my, my friend John Gordon Sinclair, who's playing Jeeves, said to me, wow, that was just so great. The timing of that was brilliant. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, cheers, thanks. And it was, what, what sort of just made it funny was it just brought the audience into the now of the moment. So there was that the honesty thing I was kind of talking about. And, and there was an element of surprise with it because I wasn't expecting my character to break the fourth wall. So I come off stage, that's right, he says, oh, that was really funny, that was great timing. And I said to him, man, do you know that's really weird? I said, when I was about 13 years old, I was watching a show with the, with the school that I was with. They took us to see a show, and it was called She Stoops to Conquer. And the actor, Donald Sinden, was on at the front of stage, and he was chatting away, he goes, blah, 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 and someone sneezed in the audience, and he went, bless you, and carried on. And he got a really big laugh, right? And And... Unbeknownst to me, I'd literally, so 30 years before I'd seen that happen. And basically that gag was just subconsciously up my sleeve for that moment. The next day, John comes in and he says, who are you going to kill today? And I said, what do you mean? He said, you read the paper? I said, no. And he said, um, well, Donald Sinden died last night. And I was like, what? And so he, <gasps> Donald Sinden, via me, <laughs> got a laugh, got a big, big laugh, and because he really did get a big laugh in the West End on the night that he died. Isn't that a weird bit of connective sort of, I don't know, something? Well, that's actually a great little ending. The killer punchline. It's a killer, it's a killer punchline, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Oh, well, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. That was really, really, really fun. Thank you. Oh, it's great. I really enjoyed it too. It's good. I'm glad that... Um, it's good, isn't it? Have fun and tell jokes. It's cool. Oh my God, Kitty, that was so amazing. Wow. Yeah, that was fantastic. I had so much fun. So kind of James to come and take some time for us. I really appreciate it. It was very insightful yeah it's kind it's amazing to know that the good joke is about violating a norm or a rule of some kind and needs to be relatable to people honest there has to be a little bit a a little bit of a surprise and it is a very social element it is involving other people around us i found also very interesting those four types of humor do you remember them kitty so yeah affiliative self-enhancing aggressive and self-defeating 
And it's so interesting to see that they all lead to additional benefits when it comes to our social connections. And we all felt that through the dare, cracking a good joke can boost our happiness and those around us. And the laughter has so many amazing benefits for our well-being. From endorphins to our immune system to relaxing our body, helping with our heart. Amazing. I think really we should be on the hunt for a good joke every day. Yeah, good idea. Let's all go joke hunting. <laughs> Next week is A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Now, what do we have for K? I think we said kindness. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? That's also nice, yeah. But is it a little bit predictable topic? Well, K for kindness, it's maybe quite predictable. We all know that kindness is a good thing. But actually, I don't know whether I do enough kind acts in my day to other people. I go about my life trying to be as good as possible. But some of these shows that we've done has maybe highlighted what more I could be doing especially dreams episode where I'm quite looking looking quite a lot at myself it would be good for me to push myself to actually give more outwards so and I think kindness could be also quite interesting from a perspective is there a moment when you are too kind and you care too much about other people and maybe because of that you are not protecting own happiness so this week's dare and we dare you at home to do three acts of kindness to complete strangers and see how you feel and whether that makes you happy. Excellent. I'm so looking forward to being kinder this week. Me too. And thank you everyone for listening. We've really loved all the feedback. If you can subscribe and review and tell a friend to listen, we will be very happy. As always, we dare you to be happy. Bye. Bye. Woohoo!